Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. It's finally here, fall camp, ready to go. The team reports on Thursday with the first practice set for Friday morning. PonyStampede.com will be out there for all of it. Get to talk with Sonny Dykes, take in a little bit of practice um, before student-athletes are available to us on Monday uh, the 5th. So, this podcast going to break down kind of some of the position battles I see panning out in camp, uh, going to answer a lot of subscriber questions, which I pretty much could have done the whole podcast on. Very good stuff um, from our guys on the board, as well as the Twitter question we asked for. So going to just really dive right into it because we've got a lot of ground to cover. I want to start with the offense because one, that's what everyone's going to talk about. Shane Bouchel arrives, uh, arrived this summer, worked out with the team, and now they'll go into fall camp and battle with the likes of Will Brown and and Terrence Gibson and Austin Upshaw and Derek Green and all those guys for the starting quarterback competition. Uh, competition. Now, do I really think uh, Shane Bouchel's not going to win this competition? No. I think eventually he'll be named the starter. It's just a matter of when. And look, I mean, if we've learned anything about Sonny Dykes, I mean, you can date it back to last year with Ben Hicks that he's going to play the best player and it's going to be something where if he doesn't feel like he has to name a starter right away, then that's fine. So I think ultimately they'll run through the competition and and, um, at some point, though, I think Sonny Dykes names Shane the starter as as long as things kind of go according to plan. And, And this is where I'll start off with our first subscriber question is, is it, you know, if Shane's a starter, what do I think his stats look like? Is uh, 3,500 yards and 30-plus touchdowns realistic? And so I went back and kind of looked at, at the offense, you know, Ben Hicks last year. And total-wise, between the two quarterbacks, they were pretty close to hitting, um, I think, 3,000 yards. So you kind of use that as a base point. Uh, in Hicks's big year with Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn, he was 3,500 touched, uh, 3,500 yards, and uh, 33 touchdowns. So I think I'm not sure if he's going to go 30 touchdowns, but I could I could see the 3,500 yards um, potentially. They could they it just depends. I I don't know kind of how their philosophy is going to be in terms of running the football this year if Shane's a starter. How, how much they'll lean on that or if they'll kind of put the ball in his hands a little bit more. Uh, so I could see it, but I think that's a good kind of round number to kind of start with in terms of determining whether or not he's had a successful year. And to kind of piggyback off that, if he ends up throwing 31 touchdowns and six interceptions, I mean, gosh, like that is perfect. That's what that, that, that things couldn't have gone better really. So, um, that's kind of where I'm bookmarking his kind of round number. So I thought that was a good uh, over-under to give um, from one of our subscribers, HP Mustang 92 on the board. Um, as far as the other position that I'm kind of watching, it's the offensive line. I, I want to see how that shakes out. Um, I'm a big Jalen Thomas fan. I think he's going to be a starter. You've got Hayden Harrington in the middle. Uh, you've got Alana Lee back. So you've got a lot of, um, I think, guys that really fit in well. Um, on the offensive line already, it's just finding the rest of that combination and and how it how it shakes out on that front. So, um, 
but that is the biggest question mark on the offense and certainly one where um you know i i think can take this offense from being a good one to a great one is if they get that offensive line worked out and things really 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 um you know step up in a big way so uh, those are the two positions that I'm watching, but uh, to answer, and, I, and I'm going to answer a lot of subscriber questions um, over the course of this uh, you know, podcast without kind of mentioning that I'm answering them, but um, I was asked if Kylan Granson can lead the team in, in, in receiving yards. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's the case. Expectations are really, really high for uh, Kylan Granson. He, he ran a 4-4. He's about 235 now. Um, he was productive at Rice. He wasn't over the top productive, but look, I, I think he's somebody that there are such high expectations for. He can certainly put it all together and, and have a really strong season for an SMU tight end for the first time in quite some time. Uh, so look, I, I think, um, as far as the surprise of camp on offense, uh, I've, I went back and forth here and, and I, I, was leaning kind of Ben Redding, but I think the tight end group with Ryan Becker and Kylan Granson and, you know, Kedrick James is going to be there too. And, and you've got Corey Rauback as well. I, I think there's just not going to be enough for him to shine and surprise in camp. But Calvin Wiggins is somebody that, I mean, in the first couple of weeks of summer, I, I got a couple texts about saying, look, this kid is, is, is awesome. And so he only put on about three or four pounds, uh, I believe in the summer, but th- for me, that tells me, and having seen Calvin, that tells me he's kind of just tight, like kind of toned up that body a little bit. He's kind of, he's, he's kind of the way, and I hate to use this comparison because it puts pressure on him like this, but he has that Cortland Sutton type frame to him and he's just young. And, you know, when Cortland Sutton showed up, he was pretty skinny too. And Calvin is, is pretty similar um, but he's one of the best hundred meter guys in the state of Texas from last year. And now I think he's going to be poised for a breakout camp because if you think about this camp and I, and you could also go CJ Sanders for a veteran, a, a true veteran player that could surprise as well. I could see that, um, he's healthy, he's ready to go. And he's got a lot to prove after last year where he's banged up a good bit. So I could see that, um, as well. I'm going to go with Wiggins. I just think he's going to shine that much. Uh, when he gets his opportunities. So that, that's kind of it for the offense right now. Um, I'm going to switch over to the defense as we uh, take a look at, at really, I think, the first two levels of the defense are really solid. The defensive line is as deep as it's been in quite some time for SMU. And now you look at um, the linebackers and you've got Richard Moore, um, you know, back in that middle. And, and you've got some younger guys like Preston Ellison and Jimmy Jimmy Phillips around him and J.C. Rispress. Um, as well, um, and, and I think, uh, and then Shane Haley and Delana Robinson as, as some of the veteran guys. I think the question is, how do you replace Jordan Jordan Wyatt? And this question came from Oliver Closeoff, and I, I'm sorry if I maybe butchered your last name just a little bit, but in terms of replacing Wyatt, here's the deal. They've, they've got Chevin Calloway, the Arkansas transfer. They're waiting for that waiver. He's expected to be in fall camp. I know he's not listed on the roster right now, but he's expected to be in fall camp when the team reports. Um, and if he gets his waiver, I think he's a guy that steps in right away and starts. He's that athletic. Uh, he's played a good bit of football. 
Uh, and as long as he grasps the, the schemes, he'll be okay. Um, and then from there, they've got Robert Hayes returning. They feel like he's had a good summer and he's ready to go. And then the same with, with Sam Westfall, who enrolled early uh, after signing with SMU out of junior college. They feel like, and Sonny Dykes said this on the AAC at AAC Media Days, they feel like they've got two junior college cornerbacks there as the starters that they feel pretty good about um, and, and being able to step in and, and play well. And look, Wyatt wasn't himself um, what wasn't himself, uh, you know, his final year, uh, at, at SMU and it happens. It's okay. Uh, that's, it's a tough, tough thing about injuries, but you know, I, I think, um, I think both will do well enough if, as long as they're, as long as they're eligible, um, you know, so, or as long as they're um, healthy, excuse me, they should be able to play really well and, and help and help that defense out. If they get Callaway, it really changes the whole dynamic of that defense, I think, because you've got Rodney Clemens and Trevor Denbo, who they really like at safety. If Cameron Go- Jones gets eligible right away from Nebraska, that's great. But really the big one would be Trevin Callaway. And that's because corner is such a question mark. You've got veterans, you've got Justin Guy Robinson, Armani Johnson, Eric Sutton, um, Christian Davis, guys that have played some football but never really turned that corner. Callaway is somebody that, while young, has played football, played in the SEC, um, is one of the most athletic guys out of out of DFW in his class. So he's going to be able to play at this level right away, and that's why he's so critical in terms of that waiver. Um, and uh, I'll touch on the waivers overall later in the pod, but um, – that's the position that I'm watching in terms of if this defense can t- can kind of turn that corner um, and really step up this year because they got better as the year went on for the most part outside of the Connecticut game, which was just kind of weird. But um, you know, overall, they they got a lot better, and and I think the secondary, if they get better this year, will help out a lot. One player that SMU has high hopes for it is Travion Johnson, who's the fourth highest rated recruit ever to sign with SMU on the 24 seven sports composite and specifically asked about him. Look, he was hurt a good bit last year. He was hurt again in the spring game. So until you see somebody be healthy and, and show that they can be healthy and it's the same, same thing with Shabazz Dotson, who I wouldn't expect much from him out of camp right now. He recovered all summer from a slip disc um, or a herniated disc, one of the two, um, and and so he didn't, he wasn't able to do much. So he's he's got another year where he's going to have to, you know, kind of start out behind the eight ball as you know, kind of having to get healthy and get ready to go. Um, but until we see him be healthy, I mean, you, you can't, I would say, rely on him to play a lot. Um, but they have him at safety. He's a big body. Uh, I think safety is kind of that natural spot for him. Maybe he ends up somebody like a Pat, uh, Patrick Nelson who ends up just kind of bulking up and playing linebacker and outside linebacker safety and space type. That's kind of the way defenses are going these days is just putting a bunch of athletes out there against these spread offenses and letting them go run around. It's almost like you don't have many traditional linebackers anymore. Now, as far as a surprise of camp on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with Jimmy Phillips. I heard he had a great great spring I heard he had a really good summer a couple of his teammates raved about him and and the work he put in um Sonny Dykes really liked what like what he saw from him in the spring 
he seems much more confident entering year two. So I think the surprise of camp is going to be Jimmy, Jimmy Phillips. Uh, another thing, too, is Jordan Williams isn't on the roster anymore, so that, that leaves some space for him to play. Shane Haley and Delano Robinson have played a lot of football. Uh, Patrick Nelson's kind of probably in that spot where Jimmy might play a good bit, but Jimmy played inside and out uh, in the spring and, and stepped in for Richard Moore when he was getting a breather at times. So somebody that's versatile, um, and, I, and I don't think guys like Miles Duke and Jordan Ward are going to take any, take any snaps away from him. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Phillips. Probably could have gone with Preston Ellison or J.C. Rispress too, but any any of those three linebackers, they really like a lot, and I just think Phillips is going to have a really, really strong camp. Um, and get things going. Um, as far as the rest of the defense, uh, that defensive line is, is nasty. I, I really think they're in for some big things this year. Um, even just seeing, you know, it's kind of a, an, an embarrassment of riches at defensive tackle when you talk about the summer Elijah Chapman had, adding more weight to his 5'11 frame. I mean, he's a power lifter. You had Terrence Newman uh, squatting 700 pounds. So you had these young guys really even taking it to the next level. So, I'm excited to see what the defense does this year. I think they're poised for some big things. A lot of confidence on that side of the ball. We're going to go uh, take a quick break. And then on the flip side of it, we're going to talk about so, some expectations, uh, kind of award some more superlative types going into camp, uh, and then uh, wrap up the podcast. So uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Please uh, hit that subscribe, rate, and review button for us uh, if you guys enjoyed what you heard today as we preview fall camp. Uh, practice starts on Friday morning. We're going to jump into a lot of our subscriber questions, and a lot of them were superlative-like, so I, I enjoy kind of breaking it up the first half, talking about position battles, second half, talking about some of these more uh, su- superlative-type uh, questions. All right. The, for the first one I'm going to go with is a kind of positive negative one. Which position group do I see exceeding expectations and which group is likely to underperform? Both groups are going to go on the offensive side of the ball for me. The group that I could see exceeding expectations is the offensive line. Like I said, I'm a big Jalen Thomas fan. He's athletic. He's going to anchor probably the left side of the line very, very well. You've got a veteran center in Hayden Harrington that's played a ton of football. Alana Lee has has a ton of experience now. And then you add in guys like Nick Dennis and Bo Morris uh, and then junior college edition Kobe Bryant and, and guys like that that are certainly going to 
all battle it out. And, and Kadarius Smith, who had a strong spring, they're all going to battle it out uh, and, and try to figure out the really the right side of that offensive line. Um, and for me, that is why if those guys can, can fit together and play really well, that'll be the group that could be really, really strong. So I could see uh, my thought process going into fall camp would be I would love to see Kobe Bryant at right guard. I think he's got athletic. He's pretty nimble. Um, and he's somebody that bulked up. So it looks like they are preparing him to play uh, right guard. Um, he had a big summer in terms of putting on weight. And let's not forget, if Thomas Shellmeyer were to get uh, eligible as well, he could be somebody that could play potentially right away. Um, but they've got, they've got options on the right side of the line. But I think they like where the left side is at. Uh, yeah, Kobe Bryant put on 25 pounds this summer. He's a really good kid. I, I highly doubt that's a bad weight. So I like what they're doing on the right side there. Ton of competition over there. For the most part, though, I think the left side is settled, um, and they'll roll with that kind of group on the left um, and in the center with, with Hayden, of course. So I think the offensive line has a good chance to exceed expectations. The, the group that I'm somewhat worried about is running back, and really it goes back to health. Um, Cayman Freeman and Xavier Jones battled their fair share of injuries just last year. And if they don't, you know, put it together in terms of being able to be healthy for, for SMU, then they're in for what could be a bit of a letdown for sure. Um, in Fre Freeman, he played in 10 games last year, had 400 yards and overall, look, they had a bad year last year. I mean, I, I think, yeah, outside of Braden West, who's now gone, I think, X and, and Cayman will tell you they're probably got a good bit of a chip on their shoulder um, because, you know, both of them rushed for sub 400 yards on the year. I mean, that is not when I talked to X last year at AAC media days. I mean, I remember talking to him like uh, and, and one of the questions was, do you think there's a chance that you can go pro after this year? Because after the season, he added a so as a sophomore um, and coming off of that and then going into his junior year. Um, there was high expectations. So expectations are high for them to have a bounce back the year. year. If they can't stay healthy, that could leave, you know, guys like Merrick Pierce or maybe one of these freshmen and TJ McDaniel and Ulysses Bentley having to step up if they're if they're not healthy. And and that's kind of a scary thought at at the running back position. Uh, as far as the single incoming player making the biggest impact, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, this comes from Lucky Lax. Uh and the reason why he didn't ask the on the offense side of the ball, I think it's Shane Bouchelle. Um, but in terms of incoming player on the on the defensive side, if Shevin Callaway's waiver is approved, I think it's him. If not, I think Sam Westfall because you've got Robert Hayes. He's already been in the system and been in everything for a year. If Sam Westfall is as good as they kind of think he is right now, that's a big deal. And that's somebody that you can rely on to start for you for the next couple of years at corner um, and then pair with Shevin. Um, once he's eligible as a, as a, what would be, I believe a red shirt sophomore. Um, and so that kind of locks you down at those two corner spots. But if Sam Westfall can put it all together, this defense is really going to change in terms of its, its, um, confidence level and, and what they can do out there on the field. Players that no one's talking about heading into camp. Um, and that will be a household name come November, I'm going to say this again, the one I'm the one I'm talking about. And and look, I mean everybody who pays attention to SMU 
like the way most podcast listeners do would probably say Kylan Granson. That's that's the one no one's talking about. But I'm going to go kind of outside the box on this. I'm going to go Jalen Thomas. I think he's going to have a Chad Persley type impact right away where Chad was immediately one of the better offensive tackles in the AAC, um, went on to start a ton of football games for SMU. Jalen Thomas started a good bit as a true freshman. Kind of surprised he didn't land on any uh, freshman all-AAC teams. But I'm going to go with Jalen Thomas. I think one, by the time the year's over, people are going to be saying, oh, great, we have a left tackle that we love for the next couple of years. Um, in terms of the guys that they should be talking about, I would say Ben Redding's one. Kobe Bryant's one, um, probably any of those three linebackers that I mentioned, and Preston Ellison and, and uh, J.C. Rispress and Jimmy Phillips. I think all three are poised for big years, um, or or kind of like you know breakout type years. Um, that's kind of it. And then a kicker, whoever the kicker is, they signed so many kickers. They've got to have one that can get the job done. So, so by the end of the year, they're going to be talking about, oh gosh, whew, I think we got kicker figured out for the next few years. Um, because that one's going to be quite the competition. As far as freshmen that uh, I think can contribute immediately, I'm going to go with uh, three here. I'm going to go Calvin Wiggins. I think he's that big outside receiver that can kind of overtake Judah Bell a little bit, um, and his speed is just, I mean, he has world-class speed. I don't know what to say. Um, as far as uh, another one, I'm going to go with Kiki Burns. Uh, he put on a ton of weight over the summer really stepped up in that regard. Uh, he was really, he was the highest rated commit in the class. He went from 185 as a listed player. Um, and he's at 202 now. I'm interested to see if he stays at wide receiver and moves to defense fend or an outside linebacker, but he's a real good football player. He was awesome at Pittsburgh when I saw him. Uh, and I have huge expectations for him. Another one that put on a lot of weight this summer, at least relative for him is TJ McDaniel went from 187 to 194 and he's somebody that's a weight room warrior so I don't think he's gonna wear down too much this season I could see him playing a lot on special teams Donald Clay's another one 175 to 190 in the weight room he's physically ready to go he's overcoming a wrist surgery um, from the spring so if he is if he is ready to go I think he's got a good chance to to get on some teams um, but we'll kind of have to see uh, and and one other uh, I guess safety you could you could mention is, is really um, it would be uh, oh gosh um, Chase Cromartie um, and and Roderick Robertson two of them actually um, because look I mean I, I think one Ro Robertson got into the weight room and put on 18 pounds from the time he enrolled early uh, to reporting for fall camp so that's impressive Cromartie's up 10 pounds to 180 I think Cromartie's the more likely one to redshirt. And Rob Roberson, why he's not at, you know, anything special at 183. Um, he's been on campus now a while and could end up playing some teams because of that. The The guys I'm most interested to see in fall camp are Shane Haley, Nick Dennis, Bo Morris, and then the two big guys on the offensive line that are true freshmen and Tay Brooks and Danielson EK. Um, I think Haley has this opportunity now with Jordan Williams to really step up and take more of a leadership role be more productive, um, play more consistently, all those things. He's going to be a huge piece alongside Richard Moore and Patrick Nelson. And then Nick Dennis and Bo Morris, they're battling it out on that right side for any for either right guard, right tackle. Bo Morris came in last year and 
I think, played a lot better than people thought he would. Nick Dennis kind of was in and out of the lineup, um, you know, at, at, on the right side there as well. He put on a lot of weight this offseason. I, I assume that's to play guard. I would imagine it's it's good weight. Um, you just don't get by in this program <laughs> without it. I mean, honestly, I mean th- that's how stringent they are um, in terms of strength and conditioning. So I want to see those two, how they look, how their bodies look, uh, things like that, um, because I think there's a lot on the line for them. I know Bo's still young, uh, but really, I mean, there's a lot of older guys on this on this roster at the offensive line position that, you know, they're not seniors, but they could be coming back as, as starters again next year. So um, Bo, he, he sounds like he trimmed down five pounds to 295, so that's a good thing. Uh, he'll be able to move a good bit better. Um, and then you look at Dennis, he's up from 315 to 3, 327. Um, so he, he's put on some weight. I'm interested to see just kind of how that looks in general. So with that, guys, going to wrap up by quickly touching on the waivers. Um, I don't really have a read on it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think I think Chevin has probably the best case. Moves back to Dallas. Coaching change. Didn't work out. Um, that's probably the best best one I could think of Cameron's is kind of like I didn't like it up there uh it, I didn't fit uh grades didn't work out and and so now he's kind of catching up on all that Kedrick James I think has a really good chance um just some things I've been hearing about his move back home uh he's got a really chance good chance to be eligible right away um and he's the Alabama tight end transfer so that would be huge uh Thomas Shellmeyer is another uh one that I could see um you know, certainly, um, you know, putting together uh, a potential bid to be eligible right away. Um, we'll keep you guys in the loop on what we hear on that, uh, and we will um, figure it all out kind of as fall camp goes along. Uh, we will ask Sonny Dykes day one if if there's any update on the waivers. I can promise you that. With that, guys, wrapping up this podcast, hope you guys enjoyed it. Fall camp's here. So excited for our coverage. If you haven't, Check out a seven-day free trial, Pony Stampede. We'll have a ton of coverage from fall camp. Uh, interviews with uh, Coach Dykes on, on Friday and then uh, players on Monday and, and of course, practice reports and, and all of those things. Uh, no filming or photo, though, um, per new rules uh, from the school. So uh, we will await some of their footage and things like that as, as we get into fall camp. Hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Have a great weekend, everyone.